If you would grab your Bibles and, uh, and turn them to the book of Deuteronomy, uh, Deuteronomy uh, chapter 4. Now, we have uh, begun our fall uh, focusing on what it means to draw near to the Lord. I don't know, maybe you had kind of an off summer spiritually and and uh, you were away and you just kind of gotten away from, you know, the regular uh, things that you would do as you follow Christ. And so we're, you know, let's gather back together and draw near to him and talk about all of that. Now, I think that the, uh, the natural and kind of logical uh, progression uh, from that place is that once we've drawn near, uh, we should then stay near. Right? The, the idea isn't to just you know, draw near to the Lord and you know, kind of have a few moments with him and then walk away from him and kind of do uh, whatever we want. No, we are to stay near him, really uh, hold fast to Christ. And that's really uh, what our new series is about over the next uh, three weeks. Right? How do you and I, how do we, how do we abide? Right? How do we you know, learn to, to be faithful followers of Jesus Christ, cling to the Lord? Again, really that, that term, I think, is, is hold fast. Okay, well, obedience is a pretty big part of that, right? a huge part of that. Right? Holding fast to the Lord uh, requires obeying his word. Right? And I love the book of Deuteronomy for this because there are just so many times uh, all in and around in that, that book where God's people are told things like, like listen to his statutes and his rules. Right? So, so much talk of God's commands and, and his, his laws and his precepts, right? Much, much direction given to his people that they're to follow and, and not depart from and be careful to do. All right, when I think, uh, or when I think whenever the topic of obedience comes up for us, though, I think um, maybe you've noticed this in yourself. You kind of, kind of instinctively recoil a little bit inside. Do we, do we not? I mean, uh, maybe even a lot for you. And, and maybe the reason for that is whenever you think obedience, there's kind of that, that twinge of, of conviction in your heart because you know, right? You know that there's some area that you're, you're just not following the Lord, right? You're living in, in disobedience. I am, I am not, I'm doing my own thing over here. And so when we talk obedience, you're like, oh boy, I, I know where this is going. This is about to get uncomfortable real fast, right? Perhaps uh, when you think obedience, Maybe if you're being honest, you just kind of think, boring, right? Really? Like, do we have to talk about that? I mean, what a stale topic, right? Is it even that important, right? Like once we're saved, can't we kind of just, you know, do what we want and, and, and pick and choose in terms of how we live for Christ? I don't know. Maybe that's what we think. Or maybe you twitch at the mere mention of obedience because, you know, you are dealing right now with a defiant toddler at home, right? A toddler who uh, wants straight up no part of your parental authority. And like, it's, it's obedience, 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 constantly, constantly, constantly in your home. And you're, you're kind of worn out. You're tired, right? Special shout out to the young moms who stay home all the time. That is, that is tough. But maybe for you, okay, maybe for you, kind of depending on how your week went, your obedience is actually a, a large source of pride for you. And maybe for you, it's like, man, I, I had a sweet week, 
right? I was clicking on all cylinders with the Lord and I was following him and I, I was crushing it. And you're kind of walking around like you're all that and everything. And you're coming in here feeling like, man, I am ready for this. I am on it, right? Or, or perhaps you're at just the other end of that spectrum and, and your obedience is just a source of despair because you know, this week has been a, a tire fire, right? It's been, it's been brutal. You have not done well and it's guilt and shame and you've got all of that. You're bringing that in here with you today. And, and for you, depending on where you're at, it's like you're, you're on that up and down, constant roller coaster of, you know, I'm good at the Lord because I'm obeying him. And it becomes this big legalistic thing and you're trying to earn his favor or his love or his forgiveness. And, and when you don't obey, you feel like you've lost that. And so, I mean, that is exhausting, right? But I think it's safe to say here, when it comes to obedience, you and I, we can be all out of sorts about it. Or, okay, and this is what we're really aiming at, for, aiming at here today, or it can be a wonderful thing. Obedience can be amazing, just a tremendous source of, of joy and, and, and happiness for us, right? And, and of course, something that brings God much glory, right? We just sang about that, or the glory is back to him forever he is glorified, and and that is what our obedience does, right? As we, as we cling to him, as we hold fast to him in holy obedience. Well, I want to pray for us right now. I think we could use some prayer. I mean, my hand is up. I need the Lord's prayer, his help when it comes to obedience. The amazing thing I was thinking about this week is how uh, God gives us what he commands, right? He, he commands us to obey his word. And you and I are uh, flat out terrible at that. Uh, but it's okay because God gives us grace. And so we want to remember that and thank God for that and pray for even more of that. Why don't you join me uh, as I pray? God, we thank you again for the fact that uh, when you uh, call us to obey you, Lord, you don't expect that we uh, would do even remotely a half-decent job, uh, let alone a good job. And so, Lord, you pour out grace. Lord, you give us strength. Lord, it is your Holy Spirit, your power in us that enables us uh, to follow you and bring glory and honor to you and obey. And so, God, I pray that you would help us today, Lord. I pray that, you know, as we come away from here this morning, we would be, uh, we would be encouraged. Lord, I pray that we would realize that obedience is, is not just something that you call us to, but, Lord, something uh, in your strength by your grace is, is possible. So, Lord, I pray that you would, um, you would move in power among your church here today. Lord, I pray that you would meet each person uh, where they're at, whether uh, things are going along well in their lives or maybe not so much. Lord, I pray that you would spur us on to, to love you and, uh, and show our love uh, through our obedience. And so God, help us today, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Well, again, uh, Deuteronomy is, is such a great uh, place for us to go uh, for this topic of obedience today. All right, Deuteronomy, a bit of a kind of a recap here or a lesson for you if you're not aware. It's the, it's the fifth and, uh, and final book of what's known as the, the Pentateuch, right? You heard that word before. Uh, penta means five. So first, five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, okay? So uh, the Pentateuch uh, deals largely with uh, the creation account, right? That's in uh, Genesis. It talks about the, you know, the early history of uh, the Jewish nation, Israel. It, it gives us the, uh, the law. We see all of that in there. And Deuteronomy itself is, uh, is essentially like a reader's digest 
uh, kind of recap of the time period between uh, when Israel left Egypt under the leadership of Moses and that time before, uh, right before they entered into the promised land. It's about that that 40-year period of them wandering uh, in the wilderness, all right? Now, it's written as a, as a sermon, really. It's written, or, or a set of sermons by, by Moses, where what he does is he re-preaches uh, the law that God gave Israel at Mount Sinai. Now, we're going to look at that again here in just a second. But stylistically, it's not just a sermon. It's a, it's a motivational sermon, all right? It's urging Israel uh, to faithful obedience. Okay? The thrust all throughout this book is just this constant reminder, this, this constant reassurance to the Israelites of, of God's holiness, right? His, his faithfulness to the covenant uh, that he's made with them, the, the reassurance of his love and his strength and, and his power on their behalf, right? And, and it's these things that are to inspire God's people to obey him. Okay, so it's, it's not about, you know, mechanical, you know, just kind of put your head down and grunt it out obedience, right? No, it's not about that at all. We've talked about that a lot. It's about love for God, right? Love for God is to be at the, at the center, at, at, the, at the heart of, of, of why they, the Israelites, and us here today, why we, why we follow his commands. Now, a couple of, of, of verses here in Deuteronomy itself uh, that kind of flesh this out. Deuteronomy 6, uh, verses 5 and 6, it says this, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all of your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today, right, to obey, shall be on your, on your heart. And that's what it says there in chapter 6. In chapter 11, verse 1, It says, you shall therefore love the Lord your God and keep his charge, his statutes, his rules, and his commandments always. right, so it's clear throughout Deuteronomy and, I mean, the whole Bible for that matter, that a deep love for God is is to be the fuel for our obedience as we hold fast to him. All right, so with all of that, uh, let's take a look at our first thing here. Just two points this morning. I will obey the Lord because I revere his unmatched greatness. Okay, just last week, I mean, we looked at how God's greatness shows that he is worthy of our worship, right? So I think that's a pretty good segue into this, actually, because here it's how his greatness inspires us uh, to obey him. Just take a look at verse 32, as Moses writes this, this is him speaking here. Take a look. He says, For ask now of the days that are past, which were before you, since the day that God created man on earth, and ask from one end of heaven to the other whether such a great thing as this has ever happened or was ever heard of. Now, the natural question that might be coming to mind for you is, you know, what's this, what's this great thing that Moses is talking about? All right, well, he's going to let us in on that. Take a look at verse 33. He says, Did any people ever hear the voice of a God speaking out of the midst of, a, of the fire, as you have heard, and still live? Okay, what he's doing here is he's, he's reminding them and referencing uh, what transpired at Mount Sinai. 
Now, do you remember that part in your Bible? It starts in uh, Exodus chapter 19. You might want to jot that down and take a look uh, at that this week. But, but it's the point in Israel's history where they had just exited uh, from Egypt, right? They've done the whole, you know, crossing the Red Sea thing. Pharaoh's army has been wiped out. They've been given uh, manna. They've been given water from the rock. God's people had complained and, and grumbled already against Moses and, and against God. And so they find themselves now at the foot of this mountain, Mount Horeb, it's sometimes called, but often Mount Sinai. And if you remember in chapter 19, and preached on this just a couple of years ago, actually, but it's this like epic, incredible moment. As you can just imagine, all of these, all these people gather, just, just so many of them. And it's where God says, hey, listen, I am coming down. I'm coming down to meet you. And I am going to, to speak with you. And listen, this is going to be a game changer for you. And it absolutely was. And he, he told Moses, he said, listen, you need to go down and you need to go tell the people that they need to consecrate themselves. They need to set themselves apart. They need to wash their clothes. They need to take this very seriously. You need to set limits and boundaries around the foot of the mountain, lest people see, see my power come down and try and break through those barriers and die because they cannot stand in the face of my holiness. And Moses is like, all right, I'm going to go tell them. And they go down and they get themselves ready. And God's like, I'm coming down on the third day. On the third day, I'm coming down. And so he does. And Moses goes up to him and God comes down in, in, in fire, it says. And, in, and in, in, in this cloud and smoke, you know, fills the mountain. And the mountain trembles and, and, and quakes. And this is this wild moment as the, as the Lord speaks to Moses and gives him the Ten Commandments. Right? And, and he goes down to, to share this with the people. He actually gives them more than just the Ten Commandments. He gives them the entire law as well. Right? And so here in Deuteronomy, Moses is challenging the people. Right? He's, he, he's, he's, he's asking them the question. Okay? Go ahead, guys. Try and, you know, try and call to mind a, a, another instance from the beginning of creation until now. Right? But not just that. At any point, in any place in, in the entire universe where something so great right, and so awesome as, has happened as, as a holy, perfect, amazing God agreeing to meet and speak with a people so unholy and so sinful as you and I. Go ahead and try and think of an instance. Where that, where that has happened, where, where those people weren't just, you know, immediately struck dead because of their sinfulness in light of, in the presence of such perfection, right? He says there again, did any people ever hear the voice of a God speaking out of the midst of a fire as you have heard and still live? He's like, go ahead, think about it. I'll give you some time. I'll, I'll wait here, right? Give me your response. See, what Moses is doing here is he's casting light on a, just a primo example of, of God's greatness, right? Namely, that, that, that God would be so willing to, to enter into a relationship of, of love and, and grace and, and, you know, and forgiveness, with, forgiveness with, with such depraved, broken people. Right? Do, do you understand, church, that the fact that, that you and I woke up this morning with, with breath in our lungs is testimony of God's greatness. Right? It is. 
right? It's, it's his mercy and, and it's his grace, right? It's his love and his patience towards you and I that, that we have any existence at all, right? It is our, our sin. Do we know this? Our sin is so, so, so grievous and, and so utterly wicked and, and appalling in God's eyes, right? So against his, his righteous nature and his law that that you and I, straight up, we, we deserve nothing less than, than to be vaporized by him immediately. Right? And that, that's, not, that's not an exaggeration. Right? That's not Pastor Mike using hyperbole here. I mean, that's just, that's just straight up fact. Right? That's, that's the reality. Hey, though, how many times I wonder, even just you know, this week, have you and I kind of kind of strutted around, you know, maybe, hopefully, not physically, but like in our hearts, right, in, in, our, in our pride, you know, kind of thinking and sort of acting as though we're all that, and, man, I, I deserve better than this. What's God doing? I don't deserve this treatment, right? That God, that God didn't just wipe out the Israelites right then and there, Staggering. It is. That's what they deserved. That's, that's what we deserve as people who've sinned against him. And that God didn't do that to them and he, and he doesn't do it to us reveals something just so remarkable about his greatness. But hey, it's not the only great thing about God. Moses continues here um, painting the picture for them. Verse 34, take a look. It says, Or has any God ever attempted to go and take a nation for himself? So it's referring to them, the Jews. Take a nation for himself from the midst of another nation. That's the, the Egyptians. By trials, by, by signs, by wonders, and, and by war, by a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, and by great, there's that word, by great deeds of, of terror all of which the Lord your God did for you in Egypt before your eyes. To you it was shown that you might know that the Lord is God. There is no other besides him. Right? Do you see there how, how the Lord, he's unmatched. Now when it says there that, that you might know, that you might know that the Lord is God, it's talking about not just head knowledge, but but really experiential knowledge, right? If, if, there's a, if there's a movie that you really want to see that's coming out, it's coming to theater or whatever, um, you, may have, you may have heard that it's good. Maybe you've even seen you know, a preview or some of your friends have gone to it and they're recommending it and saying, yeah, it's, it's a good movie. And, and you know, you've read the reviews and it looks legit and all of that. Okay, you probably believe it's good, but listen, you don't really know that it's good so you actually see it, right? Your, your knowledge that that movie is truly good comes through the experience of actually having seen it, right? So, so God, he, he brought the Israelites through these incredible experiences so that his people would, would truly know, right? Like I got this locked in now, like I, I get it. He is God, there is, there is no other besides him. He's incomparable. Right now, verse 36, keep going. He says, out of heaven, he let you hear his voice that he might discipline you. And on earth, he let you see his great fire 
and you heard his words out of the midst of the fire, and because he loved your fathers and and chose their offspring after them and, and brought you out of Egypt with his own presence by his great power, driving out before you nations greater and mightier than you to bring you in, to give you their land for an inheritance as it is this day. Remember, they're on the cusp here of entering into the promised land. Right? He can keep going. He says, Know therefore today, and he kind of repeats, I love this line. He says, And lay it to your heart, right? That the Lord is God in heaven above and on the earth beneath. There is no other. Now, when you and I begin to, you know, kind of slip into that place of seeing, obedience as, you know, more of an option. You know, like, eh, I'm going to kind of pick and choose here. When, when we see obedience as kind of an inconvenience, like, oh, I've got to come to church today, right? Or I've got to follow his command. I've got to try and live a righteous life. If we see that as an inconvenience or maybe even a problem to be avoided more than anything else, it's because we've, we've really lost sight of, of, of the gist of what Moses is, is saying here. Right? We've forgotten how great our God is, right? the great things that he has done. We've forgotten that we deserve nothing better than, than instant annihilation. Right? When we forget these things, we stop revering him. Right? That's just what happens. We get our eyes on ourselves. We get self-focused. We get self-centered. We get our eyes on our problems, on, on the things of this world. We get our eyes off him. We stop, we stop revering him. Right? And, and that's why Moses says here in verse 39, he says, lay it to your heart. Right? Again, what a great line. Right? He's like, Moses is saying, this has got to sink in deep here for you. Don't just listen to my words and have them go in one ear and out the other. Right? His, his unmatched greatness here is to have a profound and, and a piercing impact on our hearts. And, and it's out of, out of that place, from, from that place that we joyfully Obey. Now, you might kind of be tempted to think here, well, you know, it's, it's easier for the Israelites here to, to remember these things and, and obey. You know, after all, they or, or their parents at this point, their parents had, had lived it, right? That they saw it. They were the ones walking through the, the Red Sea there. They saw Manna come from heaven. They, they, they've seen it all. And so it's easier for them, you know, to, to remember this. We just, we read about it, us today, we read about it like thousands of years later. Well, I would actually argue that we have even more reason than they did to rejoice in God's greatness and obey him. Right? After all, you and I, you know, we read Deuteronomy today from, from the distinct vantage point of, of being on the other side of, uh, of the cross and the resurrection in terms of the timeline of, of history, right? We have the advantage, so think about it, over Israel here uh, of kind of knowing how all of this would play out, right? We, we, we get it in, in a more full way than they did, that we get that the, the, the giving of the law, you know, as, as awesome as that was and as, as amazing as the law, you know, was and is, it, it would only showcase how inept you and I are at obeying it, right? It shows us the standard of perfection and, and helps us realize we fall short, 
right? That's really the purpose of the law. You and I have the incredible benefit of, of knowing that Christ came and obeyed the law perfectly for us, right? He, he lived the holy life that, that you and I could not. We know that that Jesus would substitute himself for us on the cross by receiving the divine punishment that you and I deserve for our sin, right? We know that, that Christ, you know, poured, poured his blood out, right? And, and, and that that would wash away our, our record of guilt and shame, right? We know that the Lord would rise again on the third day, Right? He, he, would, he would defeat sin and, and death entirely. And, and as we trust in him by faith, he, you know, we have this, this, this awesome place called heaven waiting for us that we'll be able to enjoy for all eternity. Right? These are the great things that, that we know about that Christ himself accomplished for us that day. Again, church, you and I, we know the whole story here. We see the, the big picture we have even more to, to lay to our hearts here today, more, more examples of his unmatched greatness. And when we revere him for these things, all of a sudden, obedience for us becomes something that we get to do. Right? I, I, I get to do this. This is, this is something that, that I'm, I'm compelled to do. I, I long to do this. I, I, I want to. I can't picture and imagine myself doing anything other than, than obeying every command that, that God has for me. Right? We, we don't see it anymore as, as a hassle. We don't see this as simply a, an option where we get to pick and choose or a, a problem to be avoided. Do you need to remind yourself of these things today? Right? As you kind of assess where your obedience is at, do you need to remind yourself of just how great our God is, how, how worthy he is? Do you need to spend some time this week just kind of marinating in that and reminding your soul and proclaiming the gospel to yourself and, and realizing just what a privilege, what an immense honor it is to, to stand in the presence of God because of what Christ has done, to be, to be in a relationship with him, to have, our, to have our sins forgiven, to be given purpose in this life, to have him work in his power in our hearts. This is, this is amazing. As we start to absorb that, our desire to obey will only increase. Right? Biblical obedience from a heart of love for God, it, it'll flow from a, from a deep reverence for his unmatched greatness. Right? And that's where this is all building to here in the text. And verse, verse 40 kind of really nails it right there. And that really gets us into our, our final thing here this morning. I will obey the Lord because it goes well for me when I do. Right, take a look at verse 40. It says, therefore, right? So because of his unmatched greatness, because of who he is and what he's done, you shall keep his statutes and his commandments, which I command you today. Right, so there's the obedience part. Because he's so great, obey him, right? Do that. And it says that it may go well with you and with your children after you. 
and that you may prolong your days in the land that the Lord your God is giving you for all time, speaking specifically of the promised land that they were about to step foot into. All right, well, in this here, in this verse, you see that holding fast to the Lord by, by obeying his commands, it translates into something for you and I. Let me put it this way. This way. It translates into good things, right? Good things for you and I. It says there, it goes well for you, right? It goes well for you when you obey, right? We receive uh, benefits here. We receive, there, there are good results that happen, right? Now, now, the scripture here, the verse, it doesn't spell them all out here or anything, but we see a promise, certainly, right? We see the promise of, of good things, right? And not just to us, our obedience can actually have a profound impact on our children, according to this verse, right? The generations that follow us, which I think should be really a very practical encouragement to parents here, right? Or, or to aspiring, you know, future parents in our church, right? Your, your obedience these days, it, it might kind of feel like, you know, a, a difficult and and, and wearisome grind, right? Sometimes obedience does feel that way and, it, and it's hard, right? But take heart here because you are, you are modeling something for your kids, something amazing, right? And it's something that they may not recognize. They may not see it. They may not appreciate it right now, but it can have lasting benefits to them uh, down the road, Right? I think about my, my mom and, you know, I think about my, my grandma and they are, they're, they're prayer warriors. And I remember like as an 18-year-old or something like that, my, my grandma uh, telling me, hey, listen, I, I sit in this chair every single morning and I pray for you. And I remember thinking at the time, I'm like, cool, I guess. Right now, now I love it. And I can't help but think that the Lord has used that powerfully in my life. And I see my, my mom and, and, and my dad doing the exact same thing on, on a daily basis. Remember that for those of you who, who have kids, right? Be willing to be weary for the sake of your kids in that sense. Obey the Lord, even when it's, even when it's tough. You're modeling something. You have no idea how the Lord might use that in their lives going forward. Maybe, maybe for you, you, you know, you're single, right? Or, or, or you're dating and, and you're starting to think and you, and you have these aspirations to like, I, I want to start a family someday and I want to I raise some kids. Well, we'll know that your, your obedience to God now, okay, will have a great impact on your kids down the line should you have kids someday, right? Because think about it. Right? Your, your obedience now is leading you to, to spiritual maturity, which will only make you a better and, and, and wiser and more godly parent down the line. Now, I, I think it's good for us here today to just kind of be reminded that when we obey, it goes well for us, right? Because again, like I've kind of said a few times already, obedience can be difficult, Right? There are times where you know, obeying the Lord, that puts us at odds with people. 
Have you had that experience before? It might even be with people that you love, people, people in your family. You following the Lord creates friction there between people. Obeying Christ is, is hard sometimes because it's, let's be honest, it's not exactly popular in the culture that we live in today, right? The world thinks that we're fools for like believing this book, right? For, for, for believing that God exists and then, you know, for surrendering our lives to him and trying, you know, to do what he says by, by his grace, right? They think, we're, they think we're ridiculous for that, right? Obedience to the Lord is, is so hard because it runs in, in such direct contrast to what's easy, right? If you want an easy life, don't be a Christian, right? It, it, it's hard. Our, our sinful flesh just wants what we want. We want, we want selfish things, right? And so it, it's hard to obey because we're constantly dying to self each and every day. Right? Obeying the Lord is, is hard because it can cost us our jobs, can cost us our, our freedoms. I mean, let's be honest, it can even cost us our very lives. Truthfully, obeying the Lord, it, it can cost us everything. But do we realize what we gain? Like, do we realize that? Or do you just get like hyper-focused tunnel vision on how difficult and hard obedience is? I get it, it's tough. We've made that really clear this morning. We're trying to shy away from that. But do you get focused on that and, and you block out all the benefits and all the good that comes from obeying the Lord? Do you, do you realize that, that it goes well for you? Right? It does. Obedience always, always leads to blessing of some kind. Right? In Luke, right in chapter 5, Peter is blessed with a, with a full catch of fish when he obeyed Jesus' command to, to cast his nets on the other side of the boat. That's one example. Later in Luke, in chapter 17, right, Jesus tells the lepers to, to go show themselves to the priests. And as they went, it said, as they obeyed the voice of the Lord, it says that they were healed. Now, I, I can't possibly, you know, stand here today and you know, go through every single way that, that you and I could possibly be blessed. I mean, the Lord is, is far too great for that, and we would be here uh, forever, right? But, but he does. He blesses us. Clear teaching of Scripture says that. When we obey, God's hand of blessing is on us, right? It will go well for you. Hey, do not forget that. Allow that to encourage you. Allow that to, to motivate you this week. Remember that, that obedience, hard obedience, when I don't feel like it obedience, right? it's, it's, it's always worth it. Listen, I want to I wanna pray these things for us right now. I want to pray that you would be encouraged to do this. I want to pray that as you are you know, thinking about that area or two or 10, if you're like me, that, you know, you need to walk in, in greater faithfulness in with the Lord, that he would motivate you by his greatness, right? That he would encourage you that you win when you do that. God will bless you. It will go well with you. Let's pray. God, we praise your holy name. God, we thank you for 
your wonderful deeds, Lord. We just read about and, and talked about some of them um, that you did with your people, Israel. Lord, we thank you that you were so patient with them. We thank you that you extended mercy and, and grace and forgiveness. We thank you that you showed them such epic examples of your holiness and your power and your might. Lord, I pray that as we read about these stories, Father, thousands of years later, Father, that these things wouldn't just seem like dusty old archaic tales, but Lord, that we would realize that they are examples of how great you still are. Lord, they are examples of how amazingly powerful you are right now, today. Lord, I pray that as we also factor in the, cro the cross, Lord, the forgiveness that you have extended to us by uh, giving us your only son, that which was most precious to you, to die on the cross for us, Lord, we deserve to be there. Lord, when we think about all these things, Lord, I pray, I pray that we would stand in awe. I pray that we would be struck by, by your incomparable greatness. Lord, it's unmatched. Father, I pray that our hearts would change because of this truth. Lord, this reality. Lord, I pray that as we all battle every day our flesh and, and competing desires or a world that wants to drag us off into meaningless things, Father, I pray that we would realize that obedience is, is really the only way to go. Lord, it, it goes well for us. It can have an impact on others around us, our families. And Lord, of course, I pray that we would remember that when we obey, it brings you glory. Father, I pray that at the end of the day, that would be our greatest desire. Lord, I pray that that would flow from our hearts as we lay these things to our heart. God, I pray that through our time here this morning and throughout this week, the honor of Christ would be what we are obsessed with. We are committed to. God, we know we need your power. We know that we need your grace. And so we ask for it now that we might obey you from the heart. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.